Sports Nation, we have the key to your sanity with all of this Big 12 expansion talk. BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark on why there are up to six players who could be the starter on September 3rd. Plus, scrimmage number two for BYU football and a star from the other type of football. Maddie Lyons of BYU Women's Soccer. Season starts tomorrow. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. What it is, BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Thursday, August 18th, wherever and however you are dialed in. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with baseball movie critic Jason Shepard. Ah. Love me some baseball, and I love me some movies. Greatest baseball movie. Go. It's for sure Field of Dreams. Why is it Field of Dreams? Because let's be honest. The And spoiler alert, can we have a catch scene? Do you want to have a catch? <laughs> if you don't cry during, do you want to have a catch? You are a robot. A no robot, emotions. I tell you. You have no emotions. I, I, I mean, I put some, some names of baseball movies down here. The Sandlot. Great. The Natural. Moneyball. I love Money. I love that show. Underrated baseball movie, in my opinion, A League of Their Own. I think Tom Hanks is hilarious in that movie. I watched that movie. It was on TV, on cable, like two weeks ago. I watched it. There's it is... no crying in baseball. But so, so where are you going? What's the number one? For me, it's, it's really Field of Dreams, and then everything else is beneath that. Yeah, I think the kid in me wants to say The Sandlot, but in terms of like an appeal to the emotions... Oh, how do you how do you argue against James Earl Jones and Kevin Costner in Field of Dreams? Ray Liotta. Ray, yes. I mean, it's yeah, that movie's pretty fantastic. Bull Durham Dad. is also a good movie, edited for content, of course. Okay, well, if we're going to go that direction, edited for content, Major League. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Charlie Sheen in that movie. Is Willie fantastic. Mays Hayes. Come on now. <laughs> I totally forgot about that movie. Yeah, it's the greatest baseball. The movie. edited version, Major League. Come on now. Oh. Now, when you go Major League back to the minors, eh. yeah, no, that's really good stuff. <laughs> now, I, I I thought of a number. I mean, I there were probably seven or eight that I'm like, yeah, I love that movie, and I love that movie. There is a lot, yeah, for but, different reasons. But it's it's it begins and ends for me with Field. What was that like? Was that like? 1989. Oh my goodness. That movie came out when Jason Shepard was four years old. (laughs) That is the year. (laughs) Thank you, by the way. I appreciate that. (laughs) That movie came out the year we moved to Utah. 89 is when we moved out to to Utah. So, holy cow. Yeah. That was coming out in theaters when we had moved to Utah. I wonder how many of our listeners and viewers have not seen Field of Dreams. How could you? Not, it's like, how can you not have seen Shawshank Redemption? It's on cable, like, all the time. 37% of our viewership said they had not seen Clueless, and that movie came out in 1995. And I agreed with you. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. It's quotable. <laughs> It's got some high-profile actors, actresses. It's great. It's got Paul Rudd in it, right? Yes. <laughs> Alicia Silverstone. Ant-Man is in Clueless. Come on. Come on. Decision done. I mean, the, the argument is over. While you think about that, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football is currently holding 
their second scrimmage in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is closed, so don't try and run down there and watch it. This is part of what Kalani Satake has set up. They want to be secretive. They want to be able to surprise Arizona early. So scrimmage number two. For an update on what is happening and what the coaches are looking for, we go to BYU TV sideline reporter Lauren Frankham. Lauren, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. You ready to do this again? I'm ready to do it again. I'm always ready. Thank you. What does Coach Satake want to see? What are, What is he looking for, he and his staff looking for today in the team scrimmage? I'm sure there's a lot of things they're looking for, but I came up with three things in particular that I've heard them talking a lot about. The first one is tight end. They're a big part of the offensive scheme, but Kalani said, they're not going to force it if it doesn't mean the best talent is on the field. It's a work in progress. There are a lot of guys in that group, but one or two need to set themselves apart. And it doesn't help that Troy Hines is pulling a Dennis Pitta with mm. his injured hip. So, so he's out for a little bit. I think they're going to slowly integrate him back in. The second one is working more under center. The players are used to being in the shotgun formation since that's what they did in previous years under Robert and I and Bronco Mendenhall. They'll use both in a game-time situation but they're going to practice more under center since that's new to all the players. And then the third one is injuries, or lack thereof. Kalani said there's not a position group that uh, he's particularly worried about right now, but he really wants his guys to get healthy. They're thin at the D-line, there's a couple corners out, and there are a few guys banged up on the offense. So he really is going to be a little bit careful today because he wants his guys to get healthy. Fantastic stuff. We will talk to Steve Clark on the topic of tight ends and why there are up to six that could start that position on September 3rd, which is just crazy to me, Lauren, that we're here in camp and it's a pro-style offense, yet they haven't really designated a guy at that tight end position. When you talk to the coaches, do they seem concerned about that, or is it just kind of, look, we're taking it in stride? Honestly, it seems like they're taking it in stride. They. Uh, We've heard them say time and time again that they want the best guys on the field, and if the tight end isn't one of those positions or one of those guys, then they're just simply not going to use them. So it seems like they're taking it in strides at this point. All right, great stuff, Lauren. Thanks for the update. Thanks, Ben. All right, Jason. We're going to dive into all of that uh, in about 25 minutes, the things that we want to know and see and are hoping to find out coming out of scrimmage number two, including – the tight end battle and the quarterback battle. And for me, why we should all be paying way more attention to the kicking game. Seriously. All right. Let's go to headline number two. All right. Headline number two, Taylor Sander, Team USA, beat Poland in the quarterfinals and straight sets yesterday. Sander had nine kills and two aces, and Team USA advanced to the semifinals. They will take on Italy tomorrow at 12 a.m. Eastern time. Tom Homo, the athletic director at BYU, had a question and answer session yesterday as part of BYU's Education Week. He mentioned that he is, quote, hoping for the invite along with the rest of us, but that donors have already stepped up to keep BYU competitive with Power 5 programs going forward if an invite does not come. Interesting stuff. Mm. Very interesting. Uh, Speaking of interesting, Iowa State's president, Stephen Leith, who, by the way, will have a vote in Big 12 expansion. He is one of the ten. He spoke on BYU and Big 12 expansion during a Facebook Live session yesterday. He mentioned he has received more information, both good and bad, on BYU than any other candidate, and he expects that a final decision will come by, wait for it, Christmas. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Just, oh, stop it. Oh, ho, ho. Yeah. 
Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A classic case of hurry up and wait. We all thought the Big 12 Conference expansion decision was going to move quickly. Certainly the decision would be made before the season, right, Jason? But then the dominoes started to fall. TV partners from ESPN and Fox having concerns about money payouts. Now 20 different universities have submitted their resumes into the mix and want to make formal presentations, which we understand are at least a couple of hours apiece. Let's not forget about the divisive social topics that have come into play lately and political powers, particularly in Texas, throwing their weight around. This is becoming a convoluted mess, which leads me to believe we are not going anywhere in a hurry. This is a situation while BYU fans look at it, and it's, it's a no-brainer. They, they see what BYU has to offer, and it's like, okay, why doesn't the Big 12 see that and just make a quick decision? You've already said you want to expand. Expand by however many, 12 or 14. It's most likely going to be 12. It seems like that's the way the, the tide is turning right now, that it's at 12. But who so, knows? So add to, not So four. add to. Okay. But just make, make the decision because it seems obvious. Big 12 presidents are saying there's far too many other things that have to be considered for a decision to be made quickly. Holy cow. Well, then there are the telling comments, which we have already referenced, from Iowa State University President Stephen Leith yesterday via Facebook Live and the Iowa State Daily that screamed to me, this is going to last a while. Listen to this. I'm getting considerable input on both sides of the issue. It's a school of integrity. They play by the rules or quality program. And people have been there and had great experiences, and we should consider BYU. Um, I'm getting an equal number that sent me their honor code, their uncomfortableness with uh, a number of uh, social issues. And then there's a smaller group that says, just from a pure logistics standpoint, the fact they won't compete on Sundays, they have to be home on Sunday, uh, and the complexities, especially with schools as far as ways, West Virginia makes it unworkable. Iowa State University President Stephen Leith, again, credit to the Iowa State Daily for that sound. Look, BYU is clearly the most polarizing and easily the most discussed team in this whole Big 12 expansion conference mix. You know what BYU is, Jason? BYU is Tom Brady right now. Accomplished on the field history. He's got a diehard and loyal fan base. Championship pedigree. Award-winning quarterback for the New England Patriots. He's been an MVP for crying out loud. But as many fans as he has... There are an equal number of haters. And so just hang with me on this. BYU, storied history? Check. Die hard, loyal, national fan base? Check. Championship and award-winning past? Check. Check. But BYU is, in the words of some of its detractors, high maintenance and tainted to a degree. No Sunday play and the honor code. This is the way that I look at this. And there's so many things, if you wanted to go in and dissect exactly what he said, he talks about you know, many different things, that, you know, what, what, what different social issues are. I don't, I'm not even worried about that. This is the way I look at it. As he said, more input has come in on BYU on both sides of the argument than any other candidate. That probably doesn't surprise most people. But here's the way that I look at that. For me... I don't think you're getting that type of attention if you're not the front runner. 
Do you think Cincinnati and Houston, clearly they're not, are getting that type of attention from people wanting to chime in on whether or not they think they should or shouldn't be in it? No, because they don't have a championship pass and they don't have this ominous honor code (laughs) situation that is being brought up again and again. And again, that's Tom Brady, deflate gate. I feel like the honor code yes. for some people is like Tom Brady's Deflategate. Yes, he's amazing and it's great and it's a, he's an easy shoe-in for the Hall of Fame, but Deflategate. If you're generating that type of response and emotion on both sides of the argument, in my opinion, you're the top dog and people are going to go after you. I think that's what that is. I mean, and to, to use your analogy of BYU being Tom Brady, do you think Deflategate would be what it is today if it involved Nick Foles or Ryan Fitzpatrick or hey how about the Red Rocket Andy Dalton <laughs> do you think it's that big of a deal if it's any of those schools no it's because it's Tom Brady and just to clarify the honor code is a is looked upon as a positive for just as many yes. reasons if you want to be unbiased and fair like look at it for all of the positive and uplifting things it has created. Now, the media is an interesting animal. It's an interesting animal. And I feel like we get so fixated on some things or some criticism or whatever, we can't, we can't see the big picture and look at everything. Okay? So if you don't like Tom Brady because of Deflategate, appreciate every other thing that he has done that has been amazing. Okay, whether you like him as a person or not, like you have to appreciate the fact that he is hands down this amazing quarterback. And BYU the same with Big 12. While some people are fixated on, well, I just can't get over the fact that they're so stubborn they won't play on Sunday. Or I don't I I just don't think that the honor code would fit within Big 12 metrics. See the big picture, people. The electronic footprint yes. that is nation and worldwide. The good that comes from the honor code. Okay, the athletic competition they immediately would bring to the Big 12 and the integrity they have within academics. There's so much more good than anybody is than getting fixated on this one thing. I just don't I don't get it. But the reality is people are fixated on it and it's going to take a long time. So the key to your sanity, BYU Sports Nation, (laughs) is patience. I know you hate to hear that, but it is patience. Good grief. In terms of when an announcement will happen, my advice is to hope for the best and expect the no, worst. Oh no. Expect the worst. No. Listen to this again from University President of Iowa State, uh, Stephen Leith. So very soon we'll be paring those down to a more manageable number and thinking about do we definitely want to expand? Um, are there enough schools there that we want to expand to 12? Or are there enough there we want to expand to 14? So I would say between now and Christmas, most of that should be hammered out. Now, wait a minute. Christmas has legally been changed to September 1st, right? <laughs> well, Christmas for college football fans is yeah. the first game of the season, yeah, right? Yeah, so that's, that's what okay, we're talking cool. about here, right? Yeah, let's go with that. September 1st for college football fans. Do you honestly believe Christmas? Now, we don't know, and nobody knows. I, I just, that seems, that seems unreasonable. It seems contradictory to what they want yes. to do. Yes. They want to have a championship game for football in place by 2017, which means they want to have two, at least six team divisions, if not seven team divisions. And if you want to give t- t- uh, universities time to implement themselves into a conference, you think you need at least 
a year, right? Right. One year. But Christmas? I mean, is it feasible to think that expansion and integration could happen in a seven to eight month period? I just don't, I don't know how they would do that if they wait till Christmas. It would seem to me that the Big 12 president's meeting in October, in my opinion, would seem to be the furthest that it would drag out. But then again, we just don't know. You have one of the decision makers, one of the 10 votes saying between now and Christmas. He's the one that threw out that timeline. Oh. So like you, you hope for the best. Expect the worst. Patience, my friends. And I know you don't want to hear that, but it is the key, seriously, to, I think, sanity within BYU fans wanting to get into the Big 12. Expect the worst. Hope for the best. Our Twitter question today. Now, if you could have a say in all this, what information would you include in a BYU information package to Big 12 presidents? Jason? Uh, for What would I or what? Yeah. Well, I mean, this one, this one, I think is funny. Okay. Oh, this first tweet coming from uh, at Milton underscore Rat. Exactly half a cougar tail. <laughs> Why half? They get the second half when we're invited to join them. <laughs> this little, is an information packet. This is an information packet. Are you shoving a huge maple donut bar into an information? Maybe package? that's the information they need. Wait a minute. This stuff is out there. If we bring them in, we have access to this? Seriously, what are you sending to the university presidents? What would you say to them? Use the hashtag BYUSN and join us on the National Sports Championship Nation. Trophy. Oh, that might work. Coming up, more of your tweets and what do we hope to see out of BYU's second fall scrimmage? But first, BYU football tight end coach Steve Clark on who's leading that position. Is there a leader? Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio. Those moving pictures are on BYU TV. And our conversation is happening right now on Twitter. It continues 24-7. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN to have a voice. Check out our BYU TV Sports Facebook page and join us after today's football scrimmage at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We'll have post-scrimmage interviews on Facebook Live with players and coaches. We're going to head over there as soon as uh, we're done with the show. There's always something to do, right? That's the thing. There, there are actual football plays being made in Lavelle Edwards Stadium right now. So let's There's just put very the, comforting about let's that. Just put by the, the way. Big Twelve on the back burner for a little bit and focus on the fact that the actual football is going to be played in just over two weeks. Our Twitter question today: What info would you include in BYU's information package to Big Twelve presidents? We already had a cougar tail submitted. Not sure how you're going to fit that huge donut into a Manila envelope. Well, just half, though. Just half. <laughs> then they get the other half when they get when they extend yes. the invite. That makes perfect sense to me. At Alexander's 37, just stick Jason Shepard in a box and send him to the Big 12. He'll take care of the rest. Now, here's my question. Is that because they think I would do a good job <laughs> or they just want to put me in a box? <laughs> now, will there be air holes yes. in this box? <laughs> Priority airmail. <laughs> you wouldn't have much personal space in there, I can Ooh, tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm choosing to think he just wants me representing the positive with BYU. Uh, well, you are that. I like that. You cannot <laughs> deny the positivity uh, that emanates yes. from Jason Shepard in this whole Big 12 topic. You're the guy that's embraced from day one. So much. Like live and die on every single word. To the point that I, 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 I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally, 
I need I need a break. Well, let's take a break <laughs> and go to our latest fall camp interview with the BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark, a guy who is renowned for breaking down film. If you want a guy that's going to help you devise a game plan on how to beat the competition, he is the man. Also, he has to decide out of, I feel like, 27 guys who the starting tight end is going to be on September 3rd. Here we are, BYU Sports Nation, all access from BYU Football Fall Camp with Steve Clark. Coach, one of the more intriguing position battles developing in fall camp at BYU deals with your expertise, the tight ends, and I know you've been asked a million times, but just how many guys are in the mix to actually see the field at the tight end position this season? Right now, five. Five. And uh, Troy Hines has hurt his hips. He's, had, he's got bad hips, so right now he's, he's struggling with those. But if he were there, it would be six. So all of them right now I can see uh, contributing. So that's a, that's a good thing. When you're trying to determine a starter, what are you looking at in terms of, okay, I have to have this and these, let's say, two or three things? What, what are you looking for the most? So in this offense, you, you, need, to, you need to block and you need to catch. I mean, that's, that's what you do as a tight end. We're a little bit more heavy on who can run the routes, who can get open, who can make the catches. Uh, we can live with, um, I shouldn't say lesser blocking, but you know we can do some things to help the tight end out if he is really good at getting open, at really good at catching the ball. So, you know, that's what we've been stressing. And that's just, you know, Ty. Ty's had the the, the tight ends that he uh, worked with when he was here that could get open, that can make the catches, and and that's what he wants. And so, uh, we're not gonna. I shouldn't say we're going to not emphasize blocking, but we can get away a little bit with a, a guy that's a, a better run, running routes, catching the ball. How closely do you work with Ty in determining the progression of tight ends and how much you want to utilize them in the offense this year? Well, you know, after practice, we watch every snap together. So he's got a comment on every, every route we run, every rep. You know, if he sees something, he lets me know. Um, you know, uh, I try to beat him to it, <laughs> and and uh, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But he very closely, uh, just because again he relied so heavily on the tight end that he wants his quarterbacks to be able to rely on the tight end, um, and that's where we're trying to get to. Speaking of film, I have been told by more than one personality within the BYU football coaching staff that you are the guy when it comes to breaking down film and video. So just give us an idea of how much film you walk, let's, or watch, let's say, on a daily basis during fall camp. During fall camp, probably three, four hours. So we'll watch our practice, and I'll pull something up. Uh, we put in a little bit something that they, they did at another school uh, today, and I, I pull that up and watch it. I just enjoy watching it. I just enjoy um, mainly the things that are similar to what we're doing and try, try to find little nuances, little tips that I can then I'll make a cut up so I can show our guys how some people other people do it so they don't think oh they're crazy these coaches are crazy I can say hey look these guys are doing it too look how successful they've been and and uh I just like doing it my wife doesn't so when I when I go home it doesn't stop it doesn't stop what do you do at home when you break away from film like what do you do outside of football nothing I tried to play the guitar. I'm terrible at that. Jeez, uh, I like baseball. I follow the major. I'm a, I'm a Dodger fan, so I'm following the Dodgers. Not much, I tell you. It's 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 been my life forever. So um, 
but I am a good. I want you to know I'm a good father. I right? believe that. I'm a good husband. You bet. You better. <laughs> I don't doubt that for one second. You like the Dodgers? I, I can like get on. Dodgers. I can get on board with that. Yeah, you got your Dodger blue on. They better win tonight. <laughs> They're a half game behind. Not that. Not that I'm worried about them right now. I got my own problems right now. So I'll you're, just peek. I'll just peek at the. At night, I'll, okay. I'll peek at the score a little bit. I think you're allowed for like 13 minutes a day to not care about BYU football. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, this is it. You know, this is... I grew up around here. I know what it is. I know what it means to people, and it means a lot to me. And so, you know, I'm giving it everything I got. When I say 18 days away from the first game between BYU and Arizona to kick off BYU's 2016 season, what's the first thing that runs through your mind? I can't wait to get on them. I can't wait to get on the film and, and start. We're not doing that right now. We're still installing, but I can't wait to, to start getting onto their defense and seeing what they're doing and coming up with a game plan for them. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're all looking forward to it. We got countdown clocks, and we know, we know where we're at, so, so we're excited for it. Ty Detmer called the offense, understandably, a work in progress after the scrimmage on Saturday. What is the most exciting part of the offense for you right now that just makes you think, oh, man, I cannot wait for us to play? I think we have some, uh, some explosive players. Um, I'm not going to tell you who they are, but they're, they're explosive and they're young and they can make you miss. And getting them the ball is going to be what I think is going to be most exciting. I think the quarterbacks are going to be good, so they're going to be fun to watch um, no matter who it is. For those that aren't in the coaches' rooms late at night, putting together game plans or film or practice uh, sessions, what is it that you enjoy most about about your fellow coaches and the camaraderie that's been involved here? Well, I get to sit next to next to Ty, and he's uh, he's got that dry sense of humor. And then I got Reno on the other side of me, and he keeps keeps things in- interesting. And and so um, it really comes when you review the film after a win together. And you see all the work that you put into it and see it pay off. You know, and, and a play that, that Reno might have come up with that, that worked. And you slap him on the, the back. And, um, but, yeah, and, and it, it's a lot of fun right now just watching the film. We'll go up there right now and watch the film from practice. And it's fun being in there and learning. You know, you learn from each other. And, um, you know, Ben does a great job with his receivers, and that helps me with my tight ends. He's a very good technician. Tech, is that the word? Yeah. Technician. Technician. And so he, he can help my tight ends, and he does. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun, especially when you win. <laughs> Winning makes everything better, right? Oh, yeah. Exactly. Losing doesn't make anything better. <laughs> Are you where you want to be as a coaching staff and as a team at this point in fall camp? I think so. I think so. You always get better. Um, so it's hard because you're installing, and you're installing fast, and now we're getting to the point where we're repping what we've installed over and over and over, so they're getting better at that. Coach, we appreciate the time. Just for the record, this man is a good father. and good father. Good husband. Uh, everything else I'm good, too. <laughs> Not just watching film. I don't know. You might, might want to interview my, my wife. She could tell you the, <laughs> that. And he cares about BYU football 24-7. Exactly. When my eyes are open and, and when they're closed. You care about BYU. I care about BYU football. There you have it. Coach, thanks for the time. Steve Clark, the BYU <laughs> tight ends coach. Hey, what do you do outside of football? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Okay. <laughs>
Oh, okay. I like the Dodgers. Not that I care about them right now. I, I, I just. You know what I loved about that? There was Man. there was a lot of stuff that I loved about that interview. And and I want to preface this by saying we realize that this group of coaches are are not the first former BYU players or people who are are from this area that have been coaches at BYU. But when Coach Clark mentioned, "I'm from here," I know how important this is to people. And so I take it very seriously. I loved that quote. I thought that was fantastic. And I think that that maybe kind of sums up what this coaching staff is all about. They know how important this is. They're going to put in the, in the work. Great stuff from Steve Clark, the tight ends coach. Coming up, women's soccer junior forward Maddie Lyons on her home opener against Nebraska and the season opening tomorrow. But first, more of your tweets. What do you and what do we really want to know coming out of fall camp scrimmage number two? BYU Sports Nation continues on BYU TV simulcast on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard doing it live in Radio Vision. Brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, how about this? BYU Women's Soccer. Home opener coming up on Monday. Hosting Nebraska, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, let's make an interesting tie here. Okay. Okay. BYU opened the season in football against Nebraska last year. Oh, I like where you're going And with now this. the women's soccer team opens up against Nebraska this year. Okay, so that's a nice little parallel, right? Yeah. Are you saying stay till the end of the match? Yes, that's what I am saying. <laughs> I don't think it'll need a Hail Mary finish, per se, from the soccer team, but just, just come and enjoy the whole game. Just or plan watch on, the whole yes, game. Just plan on watching and staying for the whole thing. On BYU TV. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football currently holding their second scrimmage of fall camp at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is a closed scrimmage, but our sideline reporter Lauren Frankham mentioned that focus will be working, <clears throat> excuse me, will be working from under center and staying healthy. Everybody wants to stay healthy. But we heard Ty Detmer say, well, when Taysom's in, we're going to use him a little bit in the shotgun. And I think they're really trying to get both quarterbacks comfortable under center, naturally. Well, and that's what, that's what this whole thing is about. I mean, especially early on, is you want to do whatever makes the players, and in this case, we're talking about the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks comfortable. That's why you're going to have the most success, especially early on. Let's go to Rio for an Olympic update. Cougars in the Olympics. Pasta Doble, Samba. Taylor Sander and Team USA <laughs> beat Poland in the quarterfinals in straight sets yesterday. Sander had nine kills and two aces, and Team USA advances to the semifinals. They will take on Italy tomorrow at 12 a.m. Eastern time. Stay up. That was the toughest draw that the United States could have picked up in elimination play. Poland, the defending world champions, and they crushed it. I mean, three sets. Hey, it wasn't close. You want to be the best? You beat the best. And, and they, they did. And they just did and they that. they did. They also beat Brazil in Brazil. They've now won four matches in a row after dropping in head-scratching fashion the first two matches of Olympic play. So they're getting hot at the right time. Moving on. Tom Holmo, BYU Athletic Director, had a question and answer session yesterday at BYU's Education Week. He mentioned that he's hoping for an invite. And again, we all are. But that donors have stepped up to keep BYU competitive with other Power 5 programs financially going forward just in case that invite does not come. Hey, what's, what's one of the things that almost everybody that looks at BYU in, in terms of Big 12 expansion say? They're operating like a Power 5 team. 
Who was it? I think it was Greg Welch at Arc Director BYU on Twitter that said, BYU says, while all the other schools that are hoping for Big 12 inclusion say, think about what we could do with that type yep. of money. Yep. BYU says, look what we have done without that type of money already. Yes. And I think that sums it all up. Absolutely. Uh, One of the decision makers spoke out yesterday in terms of Big 12 expansion. Iowa State's president, Stephen Leith, spoke on BYU and Big 12 expansion during a Facebook Live session yesterday. He mentioned that he has received more information, both good and bad, on BYU than any other candidate, and that he expects that a final decision will come sometime between now (laughs) and Christmas. That's just dumb. (laughs) <laughs> Please, no. Please don't drag this out to Christmas. It's the reality, but... Although it could be yeah. a pretty good Christmas gift. Again, let's table that and uh, or put it on the back burner, if you will, and talk about the actual football that is happening right now at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Now, if you were to answer the following question, Jason, what would you say? And I, and I say, what are you hoping to know at the end of today's fall camp scrimmage? Two things, what I'm hoping to hear. And one... Is It's the quarterback. We were just talking about that a moment ago. Is there separation at the quarterback position yet? Because we've heard earlier in the week that there still has not been a lot of separation. And, you know, we've heard Coach Sataki talk about it. We've heard Coach Detmer talk about it. Equal that, reps. That once there's clear separation, th- then we'll be able to to name a starter. So I'm I'm hoping that we hear something along those lines that, that maybe we're heading in a direction where there's some separation there. The other thing is the offensive line. And it's not necessarily who's going to start, but I, I, it's, it's the two deep. It's who's going to start and who's going to be the backup. Because I know Coach Empey was telling you and Jerem, you know, they like the ability for guys to be able to move around and play other things, but they don't want to have to disrupt the entire offensive line if something were to happen and somebody went out or, you know, you, you, made, a, you made a switch. They want to be able to have the guys that are backing up those guys be able to step right in so that everybody else can have continuity and stay at their position instead of moving somebody from a guard to a tackle. They, I, I want to see that there's getting closer to a, an offensive line too deep. Yeah, BYU's offensive line has been a shuffle game in a major way recently, in recent years, where, like you said, Jason, let's say the right guard goes down. Well, now the right end is moving to right guard and the left tackle is coming over to the right side. Like, it just was, it was a shuffle game. He says he feels like they will, be, they will have depth and they will be solidified when yeah. they have two solid guys for each position on the offensive line. That's not going to happen this year. That's not going to happen this year. Ideally, they want that to be the case, but it's going to take a few years to build up to that. So it's just kind of a wait-and-see process, especially with Brad Wilcox and Kyle Johnson still out uh, for varying reasons, not playing in fall camp right now. Thank goodness for a guy like Parker Daw right. and T. John Karoma uh, stepping up to the challenge and, and working his way back into what we think will be the starting center position. Well, and with just over two weeks before the game, I mean, this is the time where those things start to happen. You, you start to zero in, and you really do have a pretty good idea of the way you're leaning. So, I mean, I, I think that a lot of these questions we're talking about, I, I think we really will... If not today, very shortly, start getting answers to some of these. I heard from a number of people after the first practice of the week, not a scrimmage, but the first practice that BYU's offense 
was slowly but surely turning a corner, getting better consistently, just becoming more precise, more sharp and reads in uh, pre-snap decisions and whatnot. I hope that we continue to hear that trend today. You know, you never want to hear, well, we were rough. We kind of took a step back. That might happen, but I don't want to hear it. (laughs) You know, I want to hear that the offense is continuing to gain ground, and hopefully that comes with repetitions. Now, the other thing that I feel like nobody is talking about that honestly should be a huge, huge concern in a lot of people's minds is the, the status of the BYU kicking game. And I'm not talking about Johnny Linehan, the punter. Like, Johnny has worked a lot. He looks good. He, he's punting well. But can BYU establish a kicker that can be consistent from 45 yards out? Trevor Sampson had a nice season yes, last year. Yes, he did. Year. He had a very good season. He had a superlative season with great numbers. He's gone now. Can BYU have a guy that can come in in a clutch scenario in the fourth quarter and kick a 45-yard field goal, or are they going to be forced to go for it on fourth and four from the 30-yard line? It's really, and I agree with you, it's not getting talked about a whole lot, but it really is one of those things that nobody talks about until it's bad. You know what I mean? And, until, and I'm not saying that it, it, it's bad or anything like that, but you know, I agree with you that we've seen a couple of years ago that you know, BYU went for it a lot on fourth down because Coach Mendenhall and the staff just didn't have confidence that the field goal kicking was was up to where they needed it to be. And so it put more pressure on the offense. And then if the offense didn't get it, then it put a lot more pressure on the defense if they didn't get it. So, I mean, it, it's a situation where I, I agree with you 100%. You know, it's not getting talked about a lot, but that is such a crucial aspect. And we saw how different it was the last couple of years with, with Trevor Sampson, who was really solid. Ask that school to the north over the last 10 years how much special teams play into winning close games. What school are you referring to? I'm not uh, sure who you're talking don't about. Even, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to assume that people know. <laughs> Weaver? <laughs> yes. Weaver State has had an outstanding kicking game for the last decade, Jason. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what? Just let's just be ready for September 3rd. Countdown to the Wildcats. 16 days. 16 days away. BYU, Arizona to open up the 2016 college football season at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Up next, how many former BYU players will be in action tonight in NFL preseason games? And an update from Rio in our Cougar Whip Around. But first, it's one of the BYU women's soccer stars as they open up their season at Washington State before coming home to Nebraska. Junior forward Maddie Lyons is on the show. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton hanging out with Jason Shepard live in Studio B. If you happen to miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation live, you can watch the rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. You have may have missed, I should say, an interview with tight ends coach Steve Clark, which is really funny. very insightful and yeah. very fun. Download the podcast to hear that as well. Hey, speaking of interviews, check out our BYU TV Sports Facebook page. Join us after today's football scrimmage. It's going to be right around 1 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to have post-scrimmage interviews on Facebook Live with players and coaches. So that's coming up in just about 15 minutes or so. What information would you include in a BYU information package sent to Big 12 presidents? <laughs> we keep getting objects and food items. I'm not sure people understand the information 
info package. This is an information packet. <laughs> it's like an infographic, you know? At J. Zojo Brian, just send 10 pair of blue goggles with this note. BYU Athletics, academics and fans will make the Big 12 proud. Put on the glasses. Okay. Everything becomes clear. It's that simple. Oh, yeah. Who yeah, should the way, we invite to the Big 12? BYU. BYU. Yep. Makes complete sense. Can we sense. make the Big 12 Blue Goggle Nation? Uh, as we transition now, yes, take out the blue goggles, Jason. <laughs> I have them on internally all the time. <laughs> you said it. You said it. Uh, our stat of the day deals with uh, quite a accomplished BYU women's soccer player as they start to open up their season in 2016. Hit it. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. As Jason Shepard pointed out this morning, BYU women's soccer is on an 18-game home winning streak dating back to 2014. That is currently the longest home win streak in the entire country. Pretty good. And with that, we welcome Maddie Lyons, a big part of that home streak, who is now preparing for her junior season. Can you believe that? Crazy, right? I feel like you just got here a few weeks ago. I feel like I just got here, too. Holy cow. Time's going by way too fast. Season opener at Washington State uh, coming up very quickly. In fact, uh, we were joking that the team bus is probably waiting for you (laughs) to pick you up after this interview. So I'm sorry to add stress to your life before you have to head out on the road. Just kidding. You guys are worth it. So (laughs) they'll be willing to wait. It's okay. What's your schedule like over the next 24 to 48 hours? Um, So we're going to get on the bus, plane ride, practice, prepare, game day. And then it's game day. Game day. Is that weird? It's crazy. I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting to travel and play different, like, really good teams. So we're excited. We're ready. Now, you guys have already had an exhibition match. You, mm-hmm. 2-2 versus UCLA. What did you learn about this team in that exhibition? Going into that game, we knew they were really, really good. And obviously, Pac-12 team, one of the best teams in the country. So we came prepared, and the first couple – like half, first half, couple of minutes and stuff, we were trying to figure out their position, like figure out how to play different teams and a good team. And at the end, we really figured it out. And a 2-2, obviously tying's not fun, but we learned a lot from that game. So It doesn't count against the record, though. So you're kind of yeah. like, yeah, it's okay, right? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, not too shabby. but You work out some kinks, yep. and it doesn't reflect against the record. Now, when you play Washington State, that's when it really starts to count. And they're another Pac-12 school that – in recent years, has kind of worked their way back up the standings. Like, they're they're a reputable Pac-12 program. What do you know about Washington State? I just know, yeah, Pac-12, really good. I've Like, all of the teams that we play in our, like, preseason games, they're going to be really tough. So no matter who we play, we just got to figure out their positioning, how to play. Each team is different. So we're ready to go. You guys have certainly something going in your favor besides being a very good team. You have so many players back from last year, so much continuity how much confidence does that give you heading into this year? Yeah, our team always, and our coaches say this team's really special and it's unique this year because we have a lot of return players, we have a lot of return missionaries, and we have a really good freshman class coming in. So this team, 28 strong, is our hashtag this year. So our team's going to be good, and our lineup is really good. Bench is de- really deep, so it's going to be a good year. Yes, year. four return missionaries and five of your teammates, I repeat, Five got married during the off season, if you will. So I feel like I'm looking at the roster and I'm like, who are these people? Who are, oh, that's oh, okay. Yeah, they just have a new last name. How do you keep all that straight? You know, it's hard, but it's funny when you announce the names too, because it's like 
Paige, so-and-so, so-and-so, like the two last names, you know, it's like every name is super long and stuff, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> I can already hear it this year. Taylor Campbell Isom up the yeah. sideline to Paige uh, Hunt Barker. Michelle Murphy who, Vasconcelos. Yes, who pushes it over to Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos. <laughs> I know. I feel bad for you guys having to keep up with all of that. I've had the rule. I've got, I'm, implementing, I'm implementing a rule this year in soccer broadcast that if you've been married longer than a year, you're just your new last just, name. That's okay? it. You're no done. more hyphenated name for you. You have a year, and that's it. I agree. Spencer has made that decision for all of the players. <laughs> you have to put, Whether take they that up agree with, with it or not. <laughs> know. So we were talking about last year and how many people come back. What do you think is the biggest difference, though, from what you had last year to this season? Um, obviously, having Ashley Hatchback is huge. She was injured last year, so she's one of our main scorers, which is awesome. We have just a lot of returned people, new people, freshmen class have really stepped it up, and they're going to be really good. So it's going to be exciting. Maddie Lyons, junior forward on the BYU women's soccer team with us in Studio B as we preview the BYU women's soccer season, which unbelievably starts this weekend, well, per se. But it, it's it's on. I mean, it's Washington State, and then it's Nebraska, and the schedule doesn't exactly get easier from there. I know that you want to test yourselves. Why why do you look forward to a schedule like this? Yeah, I think, like what you said, testing ourselves. And I feel like we were good last year, but I feel like we're even better this year. So it's exciting to... Why is that? Why are you better? Just because we have a lot of our return players and like some of the drills that we've been doing in practice is what we've been doing at the end of the year. So that the fact that we're doing it at the beginning of the year says a lot. Like we're already prepared and we're only going to get better from there. So it'll be good. We mentioned in our stat of the day that you guys are on an 18-game home winning streak. Why is this team so good at home? Oh, I, the crowd. The crowd's unbelievable. The fans, like our atmosphere, it's just amazing. And we don't – obviously no one wants to lose at home, so I think that's that extra motivation. But just the crowd pumps us up, and it's really good. You scored one of the prettiest goals in all of college <laughs> soccer early in your BYU career. How many times have you watched that goal? Probably too many times. <laughs> just kidding. Not enough. It's – Cool. I think I think we may have video of that. Oh yes, oh, here it is. is. Dust the cobwebs, <laughs> oh, yeah. Maddie. Hey, thanks yeah. for dusting up there in the corner. Yeah, no problem. I got you. That was on my birthday, so that was probably one of my favorite goals I've ever scored, and it's a memory for sure that I'll keep for forever. Very cool. Tomorrow's game will be on BYU Radio starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 Pacific. Before you go, we need to ask you. What kind of chance Mitch Matthews has of making the Kansas City Chiefs? Maddie? I knew there was going to be some type of question <laughs> okay. with this. Now, I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm from the area, so I, I'm I'm following his career. So I, yes. I need you to give me some information on this. You know what? He is training well. He's working hard. Obviously, I think and I'm biased, but I think he has a good chance. <laughs> like he's a special player. So we'll see. The there's a lot of wide receivers this year. So. We'll see what happens. Just have him give you some of that karma from the Nebraska game for your uh, Nebraska I game. Know, okay? I know. We need you to sign our flag as well, if you wouldn't mind giving us your autograph. For sure. Maddie Lyons, good luck tomorrow against <laughs> Washington you. State and um, Nebraska on Monday. Thank you. There you go. All she does is score goals and make it look super easy. And if you need to see photos of Mitch Matthews or Daniel Sorensen in action at Chiefs camp, just look at my Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> How can you like a team that wears red, Jason? Let's not talk about it. Okay. All right. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jason? I think we should whip it. Okay. Okay.
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football currently holding their second scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is a closed scrimmage, but our sideline reporter Lauren Frankham mentioned that focus today will be on working from under center, center as well as trying to stay healthy. Cougars in the Olympics. Former BYU volleyball standout Taylor Sander and Team USA beat up on Poland, the defending world champs in the quarterfinals at the Olympics. Straight sets. Sander had nine kills, two aces, and Team USA advancing to the medal round, the semifinals to take on Italia tomorrow at 12 a.m. Eastern. So uh, make sure you get a nap. Athletics. BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo had a question and answer session yesterday at BYU's Education Week. He mentioned he's hoping for an invite to the Big 12, but that donors have already stepped up to keep BYU competitive with P5 programs going forward if an invite does not come. Iowa State's President Stephen Leith spoke on BYU and Big 12 expansion during a Facebook Live session yesterday. He mentioned that he has received more information both good and bad on BYU than any other candidate, and he expects that a final decision on expansion will come sometime in the next 75 years. Okay, he didn't say that, but he said Christmas. Oh, please no. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansah, Kyle Van Oy, and the Detroit Lions play Cincinnati tonight at 7.30 Eastern time in preseason NFL action. Paul Asike and the Bears, Jordan Leslie and the Falcons, and Rob Daniel and the Packers also play tonight. Those three games will be at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Cougars in the minors. Brennan Lund went 3-for-4 with a run for the single-A Burlington Bees, tearing it up. Jacob Brugman, 2-for-4 with a run for the triple-A Nashville Sounds. And Adam Law in double-A ball, 1-for-4 with an RBI for the Jackson Generals. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Jason, who gets it? Bob Bowlesby. And if BYU doesn't get it in the Big 12? Someone other than Bob Bowlesby. <laughs> what information would you include in BYU information package to Big 12 presidents at Twig Your Stone? A banner. As they slowly unroll it, it reads, Do you really think they need to think about this any longer? <laughs> Our elite tweet of the day from Matt Tara Christensen. A cake with Steve Young, Jim McMahon, Ty Detmer, Danny Ainge, and Donnie and Marie inside. And Mo Longy on top for the cherry. You're not saying no to Mo Longy. Let's be honest. It's not Holy happening. Cow. Thanks to our guests. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to former BYU baseball star Doug Atwood. See you tomorrow.